0: to Beyond the Ring, a podcast that covers all things in the stock show industry from the informative
1: to the insane, starring Ryan Rash. America needs a CC
0: of Rumpum and to get right with the Lord.
1: And Dale Hummel.
0: America, we need to pull together.
1: Now on with the show.
0: Welcome to Beyond the Ring. This is Dale Hummel, along with co-star Ryan Rash. What is up, my people? Ryan, it's good to hear your voice. 2020. It's been a difficult and disappointing year for all of us, and it it continues to get worse. No, 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 no.
1: See, you like trying to put this spin on this that is not even possible. 2020 is the most bleeped up year in the history of all years. It's now June. I was hoping for Sharknado. It's not Sharknado. It's Ebola. I want the aliens to show up because when they do, I'm going to be like, beam me up, Scotty. Take me (laughs) with you. I want to go. Like, I should have got on the space shuttle and gone with those other people.
0: I think there's a lot of us right now that, that aliens might be a bright spot in, in the world. This is a disaster. It is. And, and Ryan, I don't consider myself racist in any manner. But some may take the comments that, that I'm going to make that direction. And it's not meant to be that way. I have little tolerance for ignorance. I do not care if it comes in the form of black, white, brown, purple, green. Gay, straight, male, female. Did you just call me ignorant? I did not call you ignorant, but you, you, I know people are going to take things the wrong way. But those that are using the death of George Floyd as an excuse to gather in mobs, destroy property, burn buildings, assault business owners, and the police force, all under the excuse of protesting, I, I think is absolutely ridiculous. I have a deep, deep dislike for this group of people. I don't know if you call it racist, prejudiced. I don't, I don't know if there's a word for it, but I am guilty because all of those out there looting and rioting, I have absolutely no use for in any manner. I don't get it.
1: There is no way these idiots that are out there that are burning churches and breaking windows and stealing stuff, they are not doing this to raise social awareness about the cop who was completely and totally wrong, and he did murder that man. I do not care if y'all want like it, whatever he murdered George Floyd. that's all there is to it. He murdered him. but all this stuff and, that- and
0: I think that's I think that's coming out. I think he's being prosecuted for just that, and hopefully that's that's justice will will be served, and I'm not sure what else we're supposed to do about that. No,
1: exactly, but all this th- that is not raising any kind of awareness. About this event, which it's the only thing you see on TV anyway, so everybody already knows about it. Now, I'm going to say this. I am all for the right to protest and assemble and demonstrate and all this other stuff. America was founded because people protested and they decided to
0: form a new nation. Okay, so I get it. I am completely with you on that, but this is not protesting. This, no, this is not pro- this is anarchy and yeah, domestic
1: terrorism. All of the above. I'm trying not to cuss here.
0: Okay, how can the mayor of Minneapolis abandon a, a police precinct building, allow them to the, the rioters, the protesters, the thugs, whatever you want to refer to them as, that segment that stuck around late that night, not the not the legitimate protesters allowed them to burn this precinct to the ground, this then triggers, becomes a trigger point in my mind that all the thugs across the country have a green light to do as they please. How, how, how does a mayor abandon a police precinct? Uh, I don't get it.
1: I, I, I'm going to tell you. And you're not going to like what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it. And so if you're under the age of 18, cover your little precious sore ears right now. This is coming from a flaming homosexual. All you mayors and governors, and you need to butch the mm up right now and take back your cities and take back your states. Find a place during the day for people that want to peacefully protest and assemble to go there, give them police protection, make sure they're safe. Let them do that. If they want to have a candlelight vigil, plan it, organize it with that mayor. The rest of this, no, Mm-mm. get them off the damn streets and throw their asses in jail.
0: Absolutely, and and, and here's the, the, my thought on it: they're they're worried about causing more issues, whatever. But and and, and I, I don't want to push back protesters. I'd prefer they, they, it was all done in a certain area and a certain time and, and all the above. But I, I get it if they want to come out and peacefully protest. That's, that's great. Probably even needed. But we're, we're at a point now where I'm afraid the mayors and the governors are, are going with such a light touch that it's completely being taken advantage of. And in my opinion, imposing the law upon everyone of any race, color, or sex is not racist, but rather it's the opposite of racism. Just enforce the law across the board. It doesn't matter what color, what sex, what race, any of the above, just enforce the laws that are on the books.
1: Our country is founded on laws and order. That is what gives us the rights as Americans because we accept the rule of law and decide and agree to abide by those so we have the freedoms that we have. When you don't do that, we might as well be communists.
0: Absolutely. There there are liberal mayors and governors out there coming out saying it's okay to come out and and protest the death of of George Floyd. Great. I I can accept that. But why are they so upset when they come out, when business owners come out and try to protest the extreme lockdown that has been put in place and, and starving them and their employees and their families nearly to death? That's not okay.
1: I'm fixing to get real, real dark with you people. And I'm sorry, but look, These people that are doing the rioting and the looting and the burning and the spray painting, which, by the way, most of them don't even know how to spell. So this goes to my point. They have been out of work since mid-March. Who gave them the money to fill their little backpacks with all this stuff that they can use to terrorize all these cities? Who conveniently is out there just with a pallet of bricks in a retail area in downtown. So they're accessible for these people to break windows and stuff. They don't have any money. They haven't been working in since the middle of March. 40 million people are unemployed in our country. They're not wasting their money on this. Someone is funding this. It is organized and it is funded.
0: That's the truth. No, I, I agree. There's there's definitely a, a push from Antifa and, and other, other groups or organizations, and there's nothing good about it. I, I don't doubt some of it. it's just random. Hey, I, I see somebody breaking a window and running in to grab tennis shoes or jewelry. I'm going to jump in and do the same. And, and I have no use for those people whatsoever. Maybe I, I shouldn't go down this path, but I believe that the governors and the mayors, the ones that are willing to arrest a salon owner for trying to open her business up, yet we we let thugs burn down buildings and seems to be nothing wrong with doing that
1: they locked that woman in Dallas Texas up for doing people's hair so she could have gainful employment and her employees could but we're going to let these people in Dallas go crazy
0: No, no no and and we're not we're not we're not now coming out in full force i believe that the president uh, the other day came out and said, you have the National Guard, you have the full military force, anything you need. And if you do not use what you need, I will come in and and take care of it. I appreciate that.
1: Everybody wants to blame Trump for everything. They can't blame him for this. Because he told the world, look, I've given you all the resources to take back your cities, to take back everything. Use it. And if you don't, I'm going to. And praise the Lord that he is taking the stance that... I'm going I'm to say it and y'all know I am the biggest Trump fan in the world. He hesitated a little long for me, but at least he finally did get out there. And I hope he I hope he stands strong and does it. Like, seriously. And they're all on Clinton News Network and MSNBC talking about how he got all those people out of the park for a photo op with tear gas and all this other stuff. It had way less to do with a photo op than it was a demonstration of what needs to happen in this country. We need to be able to walk through the parks and the downtown areas and whatever without having to worry about getting knocked in the head with a brick.
0: It's amazing. I I can present a roadmap for more of the same. If, If you want to see more of this, you just let the the left wing take over the White House this fall, and and watch out. Oh, uh,
1: Joe's out of the basement. Uh, evidently, he's had a whole lot of sleep because I listened to him this morning, and he went. He was best he's been the whole campaign. Now I don't know if he had a teleprompter or they had you know a device in his ear, and he just said what, repeated what they told him to say, but. It was a lot better than what he has been, but of course, he's only been out of the basement for two days and we are about five months away. So hopefully he will go back to his, you know, normal sleepy, creepy Joe, 3330 ways and show the world that he's seen now. But even if Biden gets elected, Biden is not going to run Jack. He is going to be told what to do by everybody else that got him there because that man is smart enough or was smart enough at one time to know if he gets elected president, it's not because he was the best candidate. It's because everybody else did everything in their power to make sure Trump didn't win. Biden will not win. It will be, they have beaten Trump and he will owe all those people 9 million favors. And he will literally be a puppet.
0: Amen. My gay friend, you got it. That, that is, that is exactly right. And some of the listeners out there may ask, well, How does all this relate to the youth stock show world? Ryan and I are great about getting off topic and, and going a lot of different ways, but let's look at it this way. If we allow behavior like this to become the norm, we will become a third world country. And the last time I checked, there weren't many junior livestock shows in third world countries. That sounds extreme, but I don't know how else to explain it. If you were just to take a clip of the last few days and aliens watched it there is no difference between us and many of the third world countries right now. There just isn't. It's, it's the same anarchy that's taking place across the world. You want to know how this directly relates to the stock show industry? We got enough problems right now
1: having shows. You put a Democrat in the white house, all those people that are shutting down the stock shows at the state fair level. And at the, the man that shut down Houston, they're Democrats folks. So let them win the presidency and keep the House and win the Senate. There will be no shows that are held at a facility that the government has control of. And if you don't believe me, watch it happen. Trump is the only one that wants people to go back to work and get out in the world and do all this. This is all falling into the Democrats' hands. They want to control
0: us. And and everything has played that direction between COVID and, and and these riots. It's it's all gone. That that general direction. Thank God Trump is is there and is is going to do his best to to bring everything back. And
1: the only thing that didn't work for him was the murder hornets. I don't know what happened to them, but they didn't work out. <laughs> Did,
0: no, and I promise you, those thugs, those low out there, burning buildings and looting and all the above, they've done nothing to build this country, and they're doing everything possible to destroy it. I have no use for it.
1: The thing that is really sad to me is we have gone through this Miss Rona nonsense and we stayed at home to flatten the curve and everybody lost a job and we did all this because it was for the good of the country. As soon as these people are starting to open up their businesses again, trying to get back on track, now they got to board them back up so they'll just be there so they won't be burned up. It is ridiculous. Do these people not get that we've had it bad enough? We don't need anything else.
0: And I don't think we'll know the extent of this damage and how many businesses have been destroyed for, for days, if, if not weeks. It's it's at a magnitude that they can't even cover it all in the news.
1: Well, it's not even over with yet.
0: No, it's 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 unbelievable. We do have a good topic to talk about today, Ryan. You think we should move on to that one? Sure, why not? Now, now that we've we've vented our our opinions and maybe oh, I could go on for this. And,
1: uh, this could be a whole episode, but I know that people want to talk about something else. So yeah, but like mm.
0: y'all <laughs> better vote. That's all I'm telling you. Vote, just vote, please vote. The episode today is about fitting the judge, and I, I'm going to try to simplify this a little bit. And, and Ryan's going to be the perfect person to, to explain this. When we talk about fitting the judge, in other words, taking an animal that is that judge's type and kind, everything fits. We're, we're, we're kind of gearing towards that one specific judge. And it's interesting to me because Ryan grew up with this and it's just normal in Texas. But I, I can assure you that the rest of the world hasn't maybe looked at things quite like Texas has in terms of of getting judges in there that we, we don't care what type and kind they use. We care that they're consistent. We care that they can accurately describe those stock and we know what to take them. And and that's different. I think it's evolved because the Texas majors, all five of them fall within a, a two-month period of time, and you you have that many animals in the barn if you're planning on going to all of them. Maybe you're only planning on going two or three, but the judges are all known for those five majors, and all of a sudden, you start trying to decide, well, which one do I take to which? And you try to look at that judge's past history and decide what direction to go. Here in the Midwest, we have our state fairs. Um, we may hit go to a fall show or even Arizona or the National Western, but it's not in the same time frame. We're feeding far less animals per kid in general in the Midwest. And we don't usually have the names of those judges prior to buying those animals. So we're we're pretty much gonna buy what we like. And we've gotta gotta stick with that one all the way through, maybe adjust feeding and management. But that's the difference to me. And and the Texans have always known this that. Yeah, we're, we're going to try to feed and fit and select for a specific judge. We, we don't have that mentality quite as much up here, but we're going to explain it today. And Ryan, please, please try to simplify it as best we can.
1: No matter whether it's your county fair or you can go all the way up to the top at a major show. Like, I think this gets lost a lot. And yes, in Texas, we are very fortunate that we have five major shows that have premium sales, and most of the time, especially in the pig, sheep, and goats, when it is time to buy those projects, you already know exactly who the judge is. A lot of times, a majority of the steers are already purchased before we know all the judge. But as you said, we can kind of swap them around and say, well, this one fits the best for here, you know, go on with that. So we do have a great advantage in that. But I think that the thing that even in Texas we forget, people just get a mindset and they say, I have bought this animal and I bought it for the state fair, and by God, that's where we're going to go. Well, I'll use me for an example. If you, if I am judging your state fair, your canny fair, and the animal that you have bought for that, regardless of species, is stout and powerful and not as good in terms of feet and legs or not as attractive as some, you're probably going to need to get another game plan if you're coming to me. (laughs) Because that's not going to be something that goes over real well with me. And so I think the thing is, is that even though you've got to work with what you've got in some ways, there's also options. And so if you're feeding this one for this county fair and the judge comes up and you know it's not a good fit there, try to roll around to your state fair or Kansas City or somewhere else. There there are ways you can hold animals and to get them to a judge that is m- more suited to the type and kind you have in the barn. I'm not going to tell you to turn that one out in the highway and be done with it, but go where your best shot is.
0: And I think this is this is new for a lot of the people up in the Midwest and, and outside of Texas in general. Maybe a, an example I can use. Why do you come home from a show and wonder, why did I not get along as well today as I did yesterday? Let's say it's a weekend show, a Saturday-Sunday show. Ryan comes in and judges Saturday. I judge Sunday. Theoretically, I want powerful ones. I don't care about structure. I guarantee you there's going to be a big shuffle between those two days. And unfortunately, we, we do have many of us that think it is going to be an absolute. Remember, all the judges, each one of us is, is selecting what we, we appreciate. It's very subjective. There are some situations in, in the big picture. Here's good quality livestock. Here's average quality livestock. We're probably all going to sort those right. But in the end, it's all about the type that that single judge prefers when we get up to that top end. And we need to understand it. It's going to change. It's going to be different every judge isn't going to use the same animals grand champion every single time. So this is where fitting the judge comes into play. And it's, it's very well known. We can use Ryan as an example. If you're taking something to show to Ryan, it doesn't matter the species, you better take a sound, good looking one that balances up really well. And then if we can put all the stoutness and muscle and everything into it, along with what we just talked about, we're golden. You take him something else, you're probably not going to get along as well. The positive is, he consistently does that, not only from show to show, but from species to species. And in my mind, that's all you can ask as a breeder or an exhibitor is what type of animal do they normally select? Where are their priorities? And do I have an animal that fits that? If I do, I'm going to him every day. If I don't have one, sometimes we just need to, to sit home unless you want to go to participate in the social aspect. All those things are good, but don't go to that show trying to win it. If you have no idea what direction that judge is gonna go, nor if your animal fits it, you're gonna have to get pretty lucky.
1: Yeah, because it doesn't matter whether it's a jackpot show or a county fair or on the, you know, as I said earlier, all the way up to the major shows. At every show you go to, there's gonna be more than one animal that is capable of winning that show. I, I don't know how many shows I've judged, but I I have never been to a show where there was just absolutely Only one there that was good enough to win the show. And as you alluded to earlier, it is when you get to that moment as a judge when you get it whittled down to those top end, that's where your preferences come into play. If it's a guy that just likes them stout and powerful, then the one that is, you know, stout enough and pretty is probably going to end up reserve or a little further down compared to one that is just super dance and burly. Because there's going to be more than one at every show that is capable of winning. tell people all the time, there are classes and breeds when I judge shows that I have to give up things that I admire and love and stock for the very best one to win. But I tell people that this one isn't good enough on the rear two. But in this class, in this division, in this breed... Everything else about that individual is the best. So that one's got to win. There are going to be situations like that where any judge, no matter how consistent they are, is going to have to give up something to get the right animal to the top. But when we're talking about the whole enchilada, the grand champion banner, they're going to be able to gravitate to the type and kind they love and admire the most.
0: And if you don't have that kind, it's probably not going to be you. And that's just, that's just how it is. And I'm glad we're, we're exposing this to those that are outside of Texas. I'm sure some understand it, but, but I know that I was pretty blind to it for a long portion of my life. And I had the, the one gentleman came up to me and, and simply explained, I believe he is judging uh, lambs at Houston that year. And he, he says, you know what? It doesn't matter what type or kind I use. It matters that I'm consistent, it matters that I'm predictable, and they know what to bring me. If I can do all those things, the Texans are happy. And I think that sums it up. That 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 is exactly where they're at. They could care less in general if you're going to use the same kind that they they truly adore. But if they know what to bring you and you stay consistent with that, it works. No,
1: I can't tell you the number of times that not only when I was showing, but when I was helping kids with their projects and especially market stairs, that judges came out or whatever, and we would, I would have to tell them, look. This one right here is the one that we need to buy, and none of us are going to be real happy about it. And we're not just going to love feeding this one every day. But I promise you, in the end, for that guy sorting, this one's going to do the best. And, you know, the first time you tell a family that they look at you like you're crazy until you go to that show and they win pre-champion, and they're like, okay, so you really were being honest and like not just trying to sell me one that you didn't like. I was like, no, I like to win as much as you do, but uh, it's just part of the game here, and it's part of the game everywhere, but I think what you hit on there a second ago talking about judges, it's just an opinion that day, and everybody's got an opinion, and I say this in almost every show, a judge, we all had the same opinion. We have one show a year, and that wouldn't be a whole lot of fun, but when, when you decide to become a judge or decide that you want to actively sort shows, et cetera, what you have to do is you have to be consistent, you have to be accurate because of exactly what you said, Dale. If you do those two things, the more times you go out there and the more times you sort and the more people see you, they will know what it is that you really like. And they will bring that to you. And it's not only good for your reputation, it will make it more fun for you as a sorter. Because I promise you, I would rather judge a hundred great ones
0: than 10 that I don't like. And if they know they've got you've got a reputation, here's where you like, they're going to bring them to you. It's going to be more enjoyable for you. For this to work in the Midwest, and, and again, Sometimes it's not going to, the judges' names aren't going to be released, all the above, and we, we simply have to, to go with what we have. And there's another side of this that a lot of people believe they're going to get more enjoyment and pleasure out of showing if they feed one they like. And I respect that. Um, sometimes you're going to get dinged for it, no matter how good you think that one is. If that judge simply doesn't have that same mindset, you're going to get hit. But in order for this to work, show officials need to truly know the judges that are out there doing a consistent job describing them well, not political, all of the above and then be willing to release that name early. And I know that's a sore topic especially in the Midwest. A lot of times we don't want to let the judge's name out. They're worried about it getting political. Well, guess what? If if you'd like the honest truth on that one, if there's a judge out there that they're not releasing the name, those that are trying to be political probably are going to figure out that he's judging or she's judging anyway. So let's turn those names loose for everybody to know. We know what kind to buy. We know what way to feed. We know how to manage all the above to, to go that general direction.
1: I think one thing that could help this industry more than anything else that there possibly could be is after you've had your show, you're tired, you're worn out. I get it. I've been there. Take a week off. Take two weeks off. The next thing you do, whether you're going to take in names from the exhibitors, let them vote, or you're going to have a meeting of you and the people that organize that show or a board members, whatever, get your judge hired within the next month after that show and put that out there for your exhibitors. You'll get more appreciation than you'll ever even thought about for that fact right there, because they will know almost a year in advance who's there, what they need to do, what they're going to bring, and be prepared for it. And you know what? Some of them them may not come if they don't like that judge. That's fine. You'll get just as many to fill in those entries that don't come because they appreciate the fact that you've been transparent and upfront from the start.
0: And if those officials hiring the judges, whether it be a, a show official, a, a, a county fair superintendent, whatever it may be, if they're doing their homework and, and actually paying attention and, and reaching out for, for assistance if needed, they're going to be able to find those judges that are consistent, that are doing exactly what we're talking about. And I promise you, let's say this is a jackpot show they're hiring or hiring for. Ryan's going to Ohio here shortly to to sort of a, a lamb show, and that's been fairly well publicized. There will be people show up just because Ryan is there and they they have an idea on what type he's going to bring. They have an idea he'll describe them accurately and he'll be non-political. It's it's simple. It it just it just absolutely works. And it's difficult because we have this mindset. We have to keep everything a secret. We can't announce the judge. We can't do these things. That is self-defeating to yourself, to your show. It's part of it at this point as we evolve in the junior livestock ring feeding for a specific individual, adapting for a specific individual. If you're going in for a job interview and you have a very conservative person on the other side of the desk, you're probably going to try to converse and give a presence that is as similar as possible versus maybe somebody else that's sitting on the desk, behind the desk that is totally opposite. But you're going to adjust. We need to adjust to the judges as best we can. We don't all have enough money to go out and buy several animals or, or do a lot of different things. But that even puts more importance on the fact that let's announce these judges early so we aren't wasting our money and going out and buying something that 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 judge may not have any use for.
1: The whole thing on we're going to keep the judges secret and not announce them and all this, okay, this is going to get me in a lot of trouble. I really don't care because I speak the truth. You're not fooling anyone because I hate it when someone calls and asks me to judge a show. It says, but you can't tell anybody until X, Y, Z. Most of those shows that have that little clause, they decided who the sorter was as a board or as a group. And it only takes one person to tell somebody, to tell somebody who tells somebody. And then you've got 20 people texting and calling you saying, hey, Rash, Are you sorting X, Y, Z? And I hate lying to people. It bothers me. It puts me in an uncomfortable position because I'm proud to sort every show I get asked to. I'm going to tell the world. And you're not keeping it from the people that you are supposedly trying to keep it from, the people that are going to try to use politics and all this other stuff. They're going to find out one way or another before you announce it. So just announce it for everybody. Let it out there. Because there's a lot of people, again, that are going to say, hey, yeah, I'm sorting that show, but please don't tell anybody. I don't want to lie to you, etc." And I don't blame those people for doing that. Because when you are flat out asked by someone that you respect or is your friend, are you judging this show and you lie to them? It's wrong.
0: Absolutely. And, and it just is what it is. And, and you are presented with that. Everybody, every, all judges are presented with this at, at some point. Some are happy to announce it. Some want to keep it a secret. I guess that leads into if they allow people to know who that judge is, that also allows that family, that young exhibitor to do everything possible to try to succeed and i'm going to philosophize just a little bit here with with maybe the direction that we we try to go so if we're doing everything possible we're going to look at the selection we're going to look at the feeding and management we're going to look at that animal's manner of presentation how the showman's dressed maybe even a showmanship style for that specific judge basically everything possible down to the smallest detail and if we can do all of this i refer to this with my children as leaving no room for error if everything possible is performed to achieve an end goal this will allow for the best chance of future success if i had to point to one contributing factor to any success that i may have had in life it is without question that philosophy of leaving no room for error and if you don't have all the information to compile and try to go in that direction it's simply impossible this philosophy it's not always fun it's not always easy it causes my mind to not shut down at night however It is an essential piece of the puzzle that fosters success. And if we can teach that to our youth, that we're going to try to do everything possible, obviously within the the, the legal realm and and within the rules, but by giving them the name of that judge and and teaching that young exhibitor, okay, we're going to go out here. This is one that we really like, maybe in our operation, but this is the kind the judge is is very much known for, for liking and that's the type of animal they're going to use. We can approach... Each of the targeted shows with a similar level of commitment and knowing who that judge is, we're much, much more likely to attain success.
1: The competition is so fierce at almost every level in junior livestock shows right now. It is that attention to detail and the small things that just like my biggest complaint on judging lambs and goats in virtual shows is I can't handle those individuals. I like sheep and goats probably to be a little leaner and a little harder with a little more tone intensity than a lot of people do, but that's my preference. And so you know that, then you can take your animal at home and you can exercise them and feed them to get that desired handle that I like or if somebody else likes them a different way, etc. And it is those minute details in the stock that are going to separate the big banner winners from the people that win their breeds or classes.
0: I'm going to use two examples. Ryan, I want you to tune in with your, your honest opinion on this as, as always. We're going to use the Texas majors as an example because I think that's where a lot of this has been fostered. and it's just been a way of life, fitting the judge in, in the state of Texas when you're going to a major. It's just part of it. We, we simply don't have quite that mindset and don't have the opportunity to do it as much up here. But I'm going to use two examples. Scott Greiner, he's judged as many of the, the Texas majors on, on the cattle side, on the sheep side, and, and now doing some of the goats. And another one I want to use as an example is Brad Angus, primarily judges sheep and, and a few goats in Texas. Both of them highly thought of as, as very solid judges that can come in and do a great job sorting, describing differences, all the above. They're ones that are very popular in Texas. If you had a back-to-back show, let's say we, we do the, the Houston Lamb show today and we rerun that Houston Lamb show tomorrow. We have those two individuals judging what happens, Ryan.
1: Probably a lot of
0: different people win stuff. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But we know that if, if, we're, if you're taking an animal to Scott Griner, describe that animal, Ryan. I have not
1: ever got to watch Scott judge sheep or goats as much. I've seen him do a couple of classes. I can't tell you how many times I have watched him sort cattle. Time and time and time again. And he is truly one of the most consistent people I have ever witnessed. He likes those things stout. He likes them burly first. They've got to be in the right type of condition in terms of finish and steers. They just have to be good enough in terms of their feet and legs. He's not as critical on structure as someone like me. And do they need to be good looking? Yes. But in my opinion, he will give up some look to get one that is more powerful and just more dimensional.
0: That is exactly where he's at. He will do the same on the in the sheep ring and the same in the goat ring. And I've watched him across species. And it's appreciated because every single person that, that does the research or has watched Scott judge, and I've had the conversation with, with Scott several times, he said, I'm going to go out there and do the same thing every time. And he may not change with the trends. He may continue to do the same thing for the next five years, but that's okay because everybody knows what he's going to use. He's consistent and he describes them. If we were to bring Brad Angus out there, and I'll describe where Brad would be on, on a lamb, for example, compared to where Scott is, Brad's priorities are going to fall a little more like Ryan's where they better be structurally right. They better be darn good looking. They better be as, as exotic fronted as, as you can make them and then have enough muscle. If they can put all those first things in play to the highest level, more muscle the better. That's great to, to a certain degree. So it's definitely different than than where Dr. Greiner's gonna be, but two very well respected judges that most sheep people in the state of Texas have no problem showing to for the simple fact they know what to bring them, they know what's gonna happen, they're not wasting their time throwing a dart at a given show.
1: All right. And the one thing that I want to say, you know, because I I faced this this last weekend, and it's, by no means were they being Rude to me at all, but they came up. I was sorting hogs Saturday, and uh we were talking after the show, and they said he was sorting the next day, and they were saying that it was probably gonna be real different, and that's perfectly fine, just like Brad Angus and Scott Griner probably be real different. And this one lady, and again, she was not very she's like, You just don't like stat ones. I said, No, that's not it at all. I like stat ones, but you're gonna have to be sound and good looking, and then. You can be stout. The first two, I'm not going to give up to get a stout one. If you can make them gorgeous looking and graceful and as stout as a Mack truck, I am all about it. But you better keep them sound and good looking first. Just like Scott Griner. He wants them powerful and muscular and really, really wide and dimensional. He's not going to use cripples every single class or time and time again, but he will give up a little structural to get one that he likes is more powerful that does. But don't tell me that Scott Griner is going to use just terrible structured ones. Cause that's not the truth. And so I hate when you, that's the one thing about being consistent. The, you get this stigma about you. Oh, well, Ryan rash will only use his heifer looking steers. That ain't it. I like them stout, but I want those other two things first. And I think everybody needs to remember that you just can't bring one in there that is drop dead gorgeous and sound to me that's dairy muscled. That ain't gonna work either. So that's just one thing to keep in mind.
0: So if we rewind just a little bit and, and let's say that we we start releasing these judges' names as early as the Texas Majors, and there's other shows in other states throughout the country that release early as well. I'm using Texas as an example, just because I'm, I'm the most familiar with that. And, and obviously Ryan is familiar with it. So with that said, it all begins when we go out there to select that animal, whether we're buying online, whether we're going to that sale or going to that, or say live sale or going to the farm to look at these stock, it's, it starts with the selection of that animal. And if we know this is who's judging, or it's even better for the, the Texas majors because they don't always feed as, as we expect them to feed. But if they're going to, let's say, just three of the Texas majors, and they're going to go out and buy three goats to take to these Texas majors, they know the judges of those three. With that said, they're going to try to buy an animal that fits that. But what happens if it doesn't feed quite right? Guess what? We can juggle them around a little bit, and we can make some differences in our our feeding program. We can make some differences in terms of how we manage and, and exercise those animals to get them to that point. Ryan mentioned earlier, he'd prefer to have them just a touch leaner, just a touch harder, in his lambs and goats in terms of their handle than maybe somebody else. If I'm feeding for Scott Griner, I'm going to feed pretty hard. I don't want to take him a fat one by any means, but he's probably not going to be as critical maybe as somebody like Ryan. If that little bit of extra body condition gives him a little more stoutness and a, a little more of that shape and look that he wants, he might accept that just a little more than, than somebody else. So there's, there's a lot of things that we can do, and it all starts back when we're trying to pick out those animals. That's completely and
1: totally accurate on all levels. And I think this industry is about giving these kids the opportunity to succeed. And the thing that will allow not just the top end players, but all kids at all levels, the greatest opportunity to succeed is to know who is going to be judging that show so they can try to fit that judge. And I don't understand why that is such a hard concept to get for the people running these shows to understand
0: it It should be simple. and i and I don't know how to get this to change. Maybe a groundswell from those of you listening. Encourage your superintendent at the county fair and encourage the show officials at the shows you go to to listen to this episode if, if they want. that, That's great, right? And I'd love to, to, to have them listen. But just throw some of these key points out there that this is why we want to know. We don't want to know because I'm going to call him up and say, hey, will you use my kid. That That's not going to work, especially if the if show officials are doing their research and bringing the good judges in. This could be a real positive experience for that family and that, that young exhibitor, all of the above. So we need to encourage these show officials and superintendents as best we can. We absolutely need to make that happen,
1: and this comes at the county fair level a lot more than any other level that they don't want the judge to announce and they want somebody that knows nobody and that way it's fair to everyone and all this other stuff first off, I'm going to tell you this: if you find somebody that doesn't know anybody to sort of show, then you probably haven't got somebody coming to judge your event that's worthy of it. Because if you don't know anybody, then that means no one has wanted to get to know you. And if they didn't want to get to know you, that means they couldn't learn anything from you. That's what this is about, is learning. So yes, all of us out here, even though this is a large community, it's actually pretty small. And so somebody's going to know people. I know people at every show I go to. It doesn't matter which state. It doesn't matter how they're going to do in the ring. But I'm going to know somebody there. And more people are going to know me than I know them. That's part of it. So I don't understand the concept of I want to get somebody that nobody knows. I don't understand the concept of keeping it a secret. Because I promise you, you're only keeping it a secret to so many people. It's not going to be everybody. There are going to be people at that show that are going to know, even when it's a secret. And I think that we just need to make the playing field as level as possible for everyone. And one of the easiest ways to do that is just say, here is your judge. Have at it. The judges that should be in the ring, it doesn't matter if they're contacted by one. Are one thousand of those people before the show, it will not matter in the outcome. I promise you.
0: I want to follow up, Ryan, with, with that, and and I haven't directly discussed this much with Ryan yet. But I'm going to share a story. A couple of weeks ago, Ryan's judging a pig, goat, and lamb show in Colorado that we talked about. I believe in the last episode, a uh, young man comes in and judges the lambs and goats the first day while Ryan's judging the pigs. Would that be accurate, Ryan? Yes, sir. And the first day. And we're talking about how judges are going to know somebody, or they're going to know one of the breeders. It just—it's just going to happen. I'm not going to say 100% of the time, but it's near impossible to hire a capable judge that doesn't know one of the exhibitors or doesn't know one of the breeders that has an animal in that show or something to that extent. Okay, so so Ryan and I are doing a podcast together. Obviously, we've been friends for a long time. I sell goats out to that part of the country. We sell goats all over the country. There's few shows that I can say I don't have one of our genetics showing at. And consequently, I'm, I'm not going to go out and judge a lot of those goat shows because it's obviously a, a direct conflict. I had goats at that show, had Grand Champion Goat the first day. The second day when Ryan comes along, I didn't tell him, didn't obviously mention that, that I had goats out there. I assumed that he, if there's a decent goat show in the world, he assumes maybe I, I would have one there. Ryan ends up beating me. Not only beats me, I think uh, I think beat a, beat a couple of those goats that won their classes, and I think makes the goat that was uh, champion the day before that was one that I raised was reserved grand, and you know what? That's perfectly fine because he he found one that day that that fit exactly what we're talking about. Maybe he's a little bit better looking, maybe he's a little bit sounder, maybe he's a little bit all these things, and those work. But I think that if if anybody's wondering where Ryan's at, and I want to use him as an example, if he was going to be political about that. Or if if he thought that was one that I raised and had a reason to do it, he could have done that, but he chooses not to because he's going to follow exactly what he's telling you, exactly what we're trying to explain here. So under that circumstance, Ryan might be judging, okay, I'm going to send goats there, but not only am I going to send goats there, I'm going to send the kind that Ryan likes because he's the easiest person in the world to hit. That's what makes it, makes it that I guess that's, that's what makes it all worthwhile. You know what he's going to do, send him that kind. If you don't have one, stay home. To follow
1: up on that, I am not going to sit here and put on blinders or wear rose-colored glasses and lie to you people and say that politics are not a real thing in the show ring, because they are. They are. I know it. We all know it. It's part of it. I get it. There is a lot of times, though, that I don't think we understand this part that he just talked about right there. Again, it's not just me. There's lots of judges out there, know lots of people. We've grown up in this industry, made our livelihoods in this industry. All of our friends are in this industry. You name it. Sometimes when somebody wins a show and they happen to know the judge, has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with the fact they knew the guy or gal standing out in the ring good enough to know what to bring to the ring that day, and that's why they won. I know that's a real hard concept for people to understand, but I promise you that happens as much as the other in terms of politics.
0: And and politics is there. We're, we're not going to deny that. We're going to no. do a whole episode over politics at some point.
1: I want to be on that episode.
0: <laughs> you will be on that episode. Let's go a little more in depth to fitting that judge. Animal presentation. I'm going to use Ryan as an example. He's right here. We can we can see if it's accurate or not. If I have a family that's going to be showing to Ryan, or if I have one of my, my children that has shown to Ryan in the past, or anybody that asks me about it, When it comes time to fit legs, when it comes time to get that hair coat perfect, to do everything we can within the rules to make that animal look near perfect, guess what? You jump on it and you go 110%. If I'm going to a Scott Griner, maybe you don't have to worry about it quite as much because he doesn't need that perfect beauty pageant look. Rather, just a little stouter, a little, little more dimensional, those type of things. So when it comes to to presentation of that animal, yeah, we always want to make him look the best. But different people are gonna gonna think differently. Some, if we go too far out in in terms of working that that leg hair and getting everything perfect, they may think, well, this one's this one's had too much attention. It's been pampered too much. Maybe he's not as good as he appears, and they may beat you. Ryan's not that person. Take him one as dialed up as you can. You're golden.
1: No, I mean y'all see how much time I spend on my hair. So you better do the <laughs> same. But <laughs> like the big show I judged this past weekend, York comes in and this thing is just skin and hair is immaculate on this thing. And so ends up being reserve. And I was talking that one and about to name it reserve. And I said, I tell you what this, this young man or somebody in this young man's group really thinks highly of this hog here too, because they spent as much time on it's skin and hair as I did my own this morning. And so, I do take those things into consideration and I do appreciate ones that come in there. Stellar maxed out done up Miss America runway. Let's roll. I mean, I, I like it. I dig it because that is what, when I had a show team and I have kids, we, we want to go all out and, make them at just as perfect looking as we possibly can. But again, that's not for everybody. Just like he said, uh, there's some people that they automatically, when they see one just so maxed out and so dialed in, their first thing they want to do is figure out something that's wrong with that individual because they can't look that good. And, I promise you there are those types of judges out there. I swear to you.
0: I can assure you when they come in the ring and you're talking about those pigs, they come in with that perfect skin and hair coat, well, irregardless of what species we're talking about and, and decked out. And you can tell that there's been a young ex- young exhibitor or somebody in their group working their butt off at home to get them to that point. To me, that's that's all part of it. We talk about time in the barn. I promise you to get to that point, it takes more time in the barn, Period. And that's what it's all about. That's what we're trying to do. That's that's all part of it. And when one of those comes in with that perfect skin and hair coat, I'm a sucker for it. I'm 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 glued right onto it. Might say it's going to win the show if it doesn't have any other qualities, probably not. But I promise you, that's that's going to go a long ways with me. And you
1: know we've touched on this on other episodes, but skin and hair is the biggest and most primary and obvious example. Judges are human, folks, and We're not supposed to be, and a lot of you people on the sidelines forget that a lot, but we are human. And when you can tell that that group of people that brought that animal in the ring has been busting their butts in the barn every day, you recognize it and you appreciate it. it. It may only get you, you know, from instead of third to second, but a lot of times, it will get you an edge. And uh, it's just one of those things that the human side of a judge, you realize that just like a great showman. It's just things like that
0: that will get you a bump. Animal presentation. Absolutely important. Brian and I have discussed it. That is sometimes a little more difficult than what type and kind that judge wants. But if you do your research and you dig deep enough and you watch these, these judges from one show to another, You're going to figure it out. Listen to them. Listen to what they talk about. All the above. We'd covered this on on one of the other episodes with Mr. Hogue. What about the showman's dress? How they they present themselves, Ryan? I think that they can get a little little further out there if you're standing out in the ring. Would that be a a fair example? Oh, absolutely. They do. Uh, All those boys put on a paisley shirt
1: that they probably never put on before. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the girls have... The bigger earrings, just like, and there's a lot of animal print when I touch. And, you know, I'll I'll call him like at that show in Colorado, a little boy came in and uh, he had on this uh, light blue short sleeve shirt that had banana bananas all over it. It was banana print. And so I called him Nanner the rest of the day. And he just thought it was so funny. But it's stuff like that. And like every show, there's going to be a cheetah or something like that and This past weekend in West Texas, there was this girl that had these really cool earrings. And it's just stuff like that that gets you noticed and remembered. And I promise you, like Mr. Hogue said on that episode, he uses shirt color in a hog show. When there's 20 of them standing out there, he'll say to whoever he's judging with or a ringman, there's a young man out here in a red shirt that's got a really good one. We, We need to go back and find that one, et cetera. Little things like that matter.
0: That's going right back to that attention to detail. And and again, we're not saying this is going to dictate where you end up in the show, but it's all a piece of the puzzle. And the more we can do to educate these youth and these junior exhibitors, let's do everything we can within the rules to find success. If that takes an extra hour every day, so be it. Whatever it takes. If it takes us researching a little bit more, that's part of it. And I can promise you, those people out there that you're looking up to that are winning a lot of these national shows or state fairs or even your county fair, they're doing a little more research. They're they're figuring things out just a little bit better, all of the above. And there's so many factors that go into it. And Ryan alluded to earlier, the competition level has become so great. You simply can't get across at one of these big shows if you haven't checked every single box and done everything you possibly can to get that animal 12 o'clock on that given day. And part of it is how that showman's dressed, it's how that animal's fit, it's how that animal's been fed, and it's the animal that you bought to begin with if you knew that judge was the one you're going to take it to.
1: It is literally at this level of competition, every single detail matters. And I can't stress that enough. The reason I know this so much is because I do sort at so many different levels. I see it every single time. And it doesn't matter how colorful or articulate or in-depth my reasons are. I still can't explain to people how close some of those decisions are. Not, Not the majority of them. Not at all. But those ones that are important. You you just can't know how close a lot of those are sometimes, and it is little bitty things, and it even, and I'll tell you, even in showmanship, even more, it is little bitty things that split the differences in those placings.
0: That the exhibitors are just getting so good, I can't explain watching the evolution of this the past ten or fifteen years, how far we've come and and to what level we're at. And it used to be let's let's just take the the best one we can possibly take, and whether it fits the judge or not, maybe you're enough that much better that that you're still going to be okay, even though it isn't that perfect animal for that judge. That that's that's not where we're at at the national shows anymore. There's every shape and size there, and there's going to be one there that fits that specific judge. If you're planning on winning it, that better be you. You better have geared towards that exact situation. Ryan for for a lot of our our younger listeners or maybe some new families coming into the stock show world maybe uh just how how do they put themselves in this position how do they go out there and find out okay I have the name of the judge but I've never heard of him before I want to feed I want to go out and select for this judge feed for the judge all the above how do they go about that what what direction do they go
1: I think the best way to do it is if you have the name of the judge and you're ready to purchase an animal for that show and for that judge. Again, I can't stress enough that I think you should go to the broker or go to the breeder's house, see those animals, talk to those people because those more established elite, respected people in this industry, they're going to know the Scott Grinders, the Brad Angus's, the Ryan Rashes, et cetera, of the world and what they want and what they desire and what they use and talk to them and say, Hey, this is who's judging my county fair. Do you know anything about this guy or this lady? What do they want? Which one of these animals will fit the best? Because not everyone is going to seen every single judge in America sort, but somebody out there has watched them go more than once or has heard. And so go there and say, I need one for this person. Tell me why this goat would be the best to show to this man sorting my county fair. You don't have to leave there that day with that goat. Go, go to another one place. See what they say. If the if they're repeating the same things, you're probably on the right track. But I can't tell you how much it takes not only to win these shows, but to get a brand, to get in the sale, or whatever you want to call it, it takes more than just mom and dad and kid. It takes that broker. It takes that breeder. It takes a whole bunch of people being on that team to ensure that you're successful. And again, I've said this on a previous episode: if you don't gel and jihaw with that person that you buy that animal from, it's probably not going to be the best working relationship. So there are so many people out here that are so talented and so committed and so willing in this industry. Find the one you do jail with. Find the one you do like. You get along with them. Go to those people because we all spend way too much time, effort, and money at this for it not to be fun.
0: This is a small world, and I, I wish I could emphasize in, in exactly what Ryan's talking about here. When you can go to a breeder or a broker or somebody that's assisting you to, to go select those animals, from a small world perspective, the breeders and those sorting shows out there, we know most most of each other. And we have a pretty good idea what direction a given person is going to go. We, we don't know exactly, but we can at least give you a push in that direction. And, and it's going to make a difference. I'm not saying we need to Go out and find one that you absolutely despise yourself and and you don't want to put it on feed because that's not the kind you like, but let's at least tweak a little bit in the direction of of maybe where that judge is going to be on that given day and give yourself a little bit better chance. Hey,
1: I have fed one that I couldn't stand looking at because I knew it was going to do well (laughs) under a certain judge and I was right in the end. In the end, it will be worth it, people. You may dread it every day till the end, but in the end, it will be worth it. I promise.
0: I agree with that. Well, I've enjoyed this episode. Ryan, do you have any final comments? The one thing that the people that are running these shows that could do to help
1: everyone in this industry is announce those judges immediately and as soon as they can for that next year. And I promise you, I don't think you're going to get somebody complaining that a judge has been announced too quickly. I have never heard that complaint in all my years and it really will be beneficial to all of the families and all of your exhibitors that are going to be at that show
0: and again ryan and i are trying to be as transparent as we can be these things may not all you you may not all agree with what we're talking about we're giving our perspective and and trying to to assist in whatever other manner we can i've enjoyed it very much until next week please be safe be smart and stand up to take back the America we all know and love. Y'all go out and
1: vote in November and come back next week now, you hear?